Hello everyone, welcome back, or welcome to, if this is your first episode of Passing Dimes. Dallas couldn't join us, but we traded him in for a better guest, and she's going to do all the talking, so it's going to be a great episode. We picked a good one. She has already won two U Sports Nationals. That includes a gold and a silver. That matches what she's already got in the OUA, not a big deal, a gold and a silver. Uh, fans will recognize her from Team Ontario, Pac-Man, where she won a silver at 18U Nationals and a gold at 18U Ontario Championships. We're going to cover a lot of stuff, including one volleyball and everything else going on. But welcome to the show, Lauren Veltman. Thanks for having me. Yeah, how's it going? Yeah, it's going in school, so it's pretty good. Yeah, what are you looking forward to with U Sports? Your fourth year? Does it feel like it's getting easier now that you're you're a bet on the team, or is it same energy as when you were first year? Um, I don't know if it's getting easier. I find there's a lot more responsibility, so it's kind of like I'm trying to keep the same energy, which I don't think anyone could ever deflate my energy, but <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm just excited because I, I have another year after this, so I'm just hopeful for like all the new girls that came in, so I'm just, I just really want it to be a good season. We lost a good player last year, so everyone's like, uh-oh, like, what are they going to do? But I think we got to couple tricks up our sleeves. So let's let's cover it then. So you win a gold in your second year. Most of the team returns. You come back with a silver. So you make two national finals in a row. What's going on this year? How many people did you graduate? How many rookies do you got? Like, what's the squad look like as we start? Uh, we, we open the season this weekend. Uh, so we graduated Deanna Vernon, the queen of Ryerson. <laughs> and um, we had two girls recently, or one girl leave the team and one girl recently leave the team. So we're sitting at about 19 girls right now uh, with seven rookies coming in. So it's going to be interesting. It's, I don't think we've really had that many rookies before. Like my year coming in, there was the three of us. So it was pretty easy to connect right away. But now there's seven new girls that you have to learn to play beside and learn how they play and like learn to trust, but also just, you know, have a good time with. So with so many vets on the on the team and a, and a good coaching staff, what do you try to do with the rookies to kind of get them up to speed? Is there any way other than just the time it's going to take? Like, what does what your squad like to do to bring them in? We have a lot of team discussions. Like, we meet almost like two times a week. And in one meeting, it's very much about the team. So this is the point where, like, us older girls and even some of, like, the second and third years will get in on, explaining to our rookies like there's all these resources for like outside of volleyball and everything that we say in volleyball like don't take it to heart like listen to what they have to say like no one's saying something to make you worse like no one's everyone's wanting to better your game everyone's wanting to make sure that you get it right so that we can work as a unit so that's probably like one of the easiest things for us like it's not that hard to get them up to speed because we'll tell them everything they need to know all the rules like within the first week if they don't get it right away it's not a huge deal I've definitely made some rookie mistakes <laughs> when I was in first year <laughs> um but yeah like it's it's been pretty easy to getting them on board with what's going on good hopefully our, our listeners are hearing this and they're going to steal that for their own squads because as i'm listening i i don't know too many teams that i've been a part of that do that but it sounds like a great idea and it probably gets everybody up to speed and yeah. it sounds like everybody has a voice and it just seems like it kind of builds on everything where nothing kind of boils over people aren't talking behind their back because it's such an open environment right yeah we definitely try to keep it open like we give the girls like opportunities to talk to us older girls because 
I have I kind of have an in with the rookies because my sister's on the team now, and she tells me things like, "Oh, we're nervous to approach this person," and I'm like. I can tell you that there is no reason for you to be nervous to approach this person. And if you are, there are so many other girls on this team. It doesn't have to be a vet. It doesn't have to be, like, a fifth year. It can be someone who's a year older than you. Like, it doesn't even matter. But they all have the same insight. Like, they'll all tell you things that will help encourage you. So you can really, like, you got 18 girls to look, to look for. So... Nice. So give us a, a glimpse without sharing too many of Dustin's secrets. So it sounds like the meetings are a good idea. Uh, how often are you guys working out? How many times are you on court? Uh, is there video sessions? Like, just give us an idea of like a typical week uh, of a week where you have a match. So when we have a match, we'll try and keep the practices down to like three and then work out every other day. So this week, our workouts will be Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday. Um, and then practice this week is Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Uh, we normally don't do Monday ones, depending on if we have games on the weekend. We'll skip the Monday, and then we will keep the Wednesday. Um, Tuesday we'll have a meeting. We'll do a little bit of video. It could be either on the other team or ourselves, just to, like, improve our own, like, defense or what we want to work on, like, offense and blocking. And then Thursdays is when we focus a lot on the other team and that session will happen right before practice and then we'll implement everything into our practice and then hope it all plays out the next day <laughs> <laughs> nice so with you sports this year we've covered your spot a little bit um how's the rest of the league looking uh when we had front of the show joel hannon on he mentioned you know ryerson you know they're they're a tough team they're the bad boys <laughs> of the oua they they have a rivalry with u of t oh yeah um you don't have to like throw anyone under the bus or call it a rivalry but is there anyone you're looking forward to playing just because you always have good matches. Like, what, what's coming up in this league? You guys are obviously in a strong conference, so it should be a good opportunity for not only for you guys to do well, but Ontario to do well, and hopefully Ontario to do well at Nationals again this year. Yeah, um, we always have strong matches against, like, mainly, like, the three same teams, McMaster, Western, U of T. Like, those ones you know will be exciting games, and those are the ones that I try to get as many people to come as possible, especially <laughs> if they're here. Because, like, why not enjoy a pretty sick volleyball game? But uh, ever since my first year, I think U of T was, like, we're crosstown rivals. Like, that'll always be a thing. Like, we're probably one of the closest universities to each other that play each other. So that's something that's always pretty exciting. But it's, I just, I don't know. It's, it's just always so fun. Like, from my first year, like, my first time ever playing them, it was probably my most exciting game. And, I find I just get more, like, those type of games, our whole team gets more hyped. Like, the gameplay is better. Like, the energy in the whole building is just crazy. But, I don't know, having those rivalries are pretty fun, though. But after the game, it's all pretty chill, and everyone's having a good time. Like, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm, like, super close with the girls on the team, but, like, I've been with them during, like, Team Canada tryouts, and, like, we'll have, we'll have all that gossip of the, OUA. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty fun having those like rivalries and tough games with those teams. That's good. And, and just one more Joel comment. He's got enough air time on the show <laughs> and then we'll get away. You're, you're giving an example where if you saw somebody at Starbucks, you wouldn't debate fighting them. Like it's not like a hatred thing. It would actually be a, a polite discussion and like you could yuck it up a little bit where he, uh, there's some real rivalry I think on the men's side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if there'd be any specifics, 
Like I know there has been like times in the OUAs where maybe girls would get a little hostile during the game, but I've seen those same people like talking like it was nothing the next day. So it's not like I guess in it's this... a little bit more maturity to compete and then let it go. I think. Like... Yeah, like in my like personally, like in my days of playing, like I haven't really had issues with anybody. Like. If someone had an issue with me, maybe, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's different. Like, if someone saw me in a Starbucks, maybe they'd want to hit me or something. <laughs> but from my perspective, I don't really, I can't think of one person. Good. Good to know. We'll, we'll keep the rivalry stuff on the guy's side, and the women, you can just come and watch great volleyball, like you yeah. said. So with you having a, success, uh, excuse me, a successful club career, obviously meddling at the provincial and national level in your 18 new year, was there anything that stood out once you got to U Sports level where maybe the game was a little bit faster or was more competitive, or because you were already playing at such a high level, was it a kind of a natural transition for you? Um, it was definitely like a big jump, just for more like um, discipline, I guess. Like going from club, like club is not like insanely like prioritized, like based on like practices, like twice a week maybe. There's no pressure to have to go to like scheduled workouts at least for our team like it was, it was encouraged too but they weren't like oh like if you don't show up to this workout like there's gonna be a problem but here it's all your whole schedule is laid out and if there's unless you have class like that's where you have to be at this time um there was no chance i was gonna miss any of those in the chance of me like getting in trouble from a vet or having someone um just be like having our coaches be like upset as to why I didn't show up. Like it's kind of, it's a big respect thing. Like now that I'm started playing with older girls, like in my club years, it was everyone's the same age. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's not really someone who's there for like leadership, I guess. Like you're all kind of on the same level. Like, yeah, there'd be like your captain, but like that's in club. That's just the person who takes the there for the really. coin toss. Yeah. But here it's like, wow, like you have to respect that person. Like they're, they know so much more than you. So you better like pay attention. So in that aspect, it was different. Um, gameplay, uh, definitely a lot more things I had to think about. Like I started as a middle and there was not like, I would never think to, if the other middle's running a step, I wouldn't think to trap the left side. I would just guess. I guessed <laughs> all the time, but now I'm like, yeah, this is like, that trap guys like come on like you gotta like it's so different so nice hopefully we'll get into some tactics i do have a few more questions i want to cover um did it help having originally when you got here as a first year i believe there was four pacman girls uh they didn't all stay but there was you caitlin janelle and was maddie here your first year as well maddie yes she was so did that kind of help having so many people from the core of your club team go to the same university did that kind of help you get comfortable right away i think so like um yeah, me, Kaylin, and Maddie, like, we were all decently close. We were all in the same residence together. It was pretty easy to, like, have them by my side. Like, I know a lot of girls going into university playing volleyball, like, they don't know anybody, any of the other rookies. You do tend to connect with your rookie, like, the other rookies pretty fast, but, like, obviously, like, the warming up process is hard, but having Maddie and Kayla, like, it was, it made things a lot more comfortable. Like Sorry, Janelle was a year younger than you. That's yes, why she yeah. arrived after. Sorry, yes, okay. 
but yeah, still having the core together and then having an older sibling in the league, because this wouldn't have been your first OUA experience. I'm sure you watched your sister a bunch, so you were familiar with the level, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Kelsey gave me a lot of insight and like watching her just like made it that much easier to really realize like what I was working my way into. Perfect. What position does your younger sister play now that like she's had the opportunity to watch Kels and you, so hopefully she has the best career of all three of you, right? <laughs> well, I think her situation's a little tough because since she grew up behind me and Kelsey, I think her club was like, oh, Velman, we got to put her in the middle. But she's not as tall as me and Kelsey. Like, she's both me and Kelsey are 6'2, she's just reaching 5'11. So I think she kind of had a little setback there because they were training her as a middle. There was no passing training, no like really much digging training. So she was kind of stuck there for a while, but I know Dustin knows that that's not where she should be. So I think he's like testing the waters with her. She did um, just recently injure her knee or she's getting off a knee injury. Okay. So um, him trying to figure that out kind of got cut off by that because she hasn't been able to play. Like, and this was like, beginning of preseason so I think they're still trying to figure it out like I know we moved some girls around so I think she's looking at a middle right side like our passing right side situation right now you mentioned how hard it, it can be to switch positions but in club you were a middle a provincial team level middle your whole career and then you get to university and surprise you're playing left side <laughs> What helped in that transition? Did you get a lot of passing reps in club or high school, or was it just surprise you're on the left side and Dustin's going to help you figure it out? Um, well, I did actually get a decent amount of passing reps um, in my second club ever, Georgetown Impact. I was still playing middle, but this is when they weren't. Um, this is when they really didn't have liberos yet, like in my age group. And if they did have a libero, they'd switch out like the right side because they wanted me to hit pipes. So I was playing six back. So I had a little bit of a chance to like pass there. Um, they didn't really teach me how to pass. They just kind of like, okay, hey, you're passing. <laughs> but I, if you ever like notice, like a lot of people who aren't normally a passing person, you get thrown into a passing drill and they're like doing pretty well. So I think that's like kind of was like, oh, okay, she's not doing that bad. But then, but then once I hit Pac-Man, they're like, yeah, no, you're not passing. So. <laughs> Um, and yeah, with the uh, Ryerson year, like in my first year, Dustin will always have everyone get a chance to pass. Like majority of the practice, like girls who will be passing during games, they will be passing majority of the time. And then a lot of times just for shits, he's like, okay, middles, go middles and setters, go pass. Everyone else serve. So yeah. And then I guess once he decided I was going less, that's when things really started ramping up. So obviously the passing is probably the, the biggest concern and the thing that comes to mind first, but uh, was the attacking game a little bit different? Because all of a sudden you're not in rhythm with the setter. Like it seems like middles are always hitting first tempo. Now you might be getting some out of system sets that are just tying off the net. Like was there anything that was difficult or is anything that came easy for you? Just You mentioned earlier before the show that the first time you played left side, I think was in a national bronze medal match, right? Uh, it was our OUA bronze medal match. Excuse me, OUA. Yeah. So a high level game where it's like, surprise, here's the lineup card and you're yeah. in. Um, uh, it was a little difficult. I found myself, um, approaching really fast, like a little early. Every time the ball was in the setter's hands, I just wanted to go. But during that game, like I just had a lot of info thrown at me and one of it was 
wait. Like just wait and just go as fast as you can. So that's what I try to focus on. My arm swing was weird. Like I, as a middle, I personally wouldn't get super close to the setter. So the ball, I'd be hitting it like really outside of my body. So that was kind of the same with the left. I was hitting the ball really outside my body, but I think that kind of worked in my favor because I don't want to like pop my tires, but my cross shot was pretty good. <laughs> like I, that was the only thing I could do though. Like I could only ever hit like a sharp cross into like really sharp five, sometimes hit the um, whoever's in position for his hands. But that was all I got because I can only hit outside my body. Like I, there was no way I was turning that to the line ever. That's fine. I feel like as right side blockers, they're they're taught so much to front or line up with like your body, right? So if you're reaching in a full arm extension away from your body, like yeah, you're gonna hit some angles that yeah. the blocker's nowhere near, right? So yeah, I've had people um, after a game one time. I had Jorn Zeman come up to me and he was like, "Warren, you're hitting cross," and they go. You know what? We're gonna block her cross, and you just say, "You know what? I'm just gonna hit more cross." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was really funny because I'm like, "Well, I have nowhere else to. Hit. I can't hit line, and I'm hitting the ball way out here, outside of my body. So that's the only place I can put it." So just for any coaches around new sports listening, I bet you you can't hit line now. Anyone who's scouting right now, we should probably put that in the open. That's uh... no, I can't. <laughs> I can't hit line. Okay. No, that's awesome because you've worked your way into not only a national champion, but a first-team uh, first OUA All-Star as a left side, a position you've never played. So is there any advice you would give somebody other than have a funky arm swing and always get into passing <laughs> drills? Like, um, I think it's just, like, don't underestimate yourself. Like, I was expecting to go my whole five years here in the middle, and being put on the left side and, like, seeing, like, yeah, I might have not been the best looking or tactical left side out there but like knowing that like I could improve in it and show that I could be a decent player like I was up for the challenge. Very cool. So with you being a left side um, how do you think youth sports has changed and how the OUA has changed because before your time uh, Ontario wasn't typically meddling at the youth sports level but then UT won might have been your 18U year they won, or your first year university when Arena Dorman was a first year of the year they won. So I think she's was, a year older yeah. than you. Yeah, I was in 18U. So they won. You've played in back-to-back -back finals. So it looks like Ontario has, has kind of closed the gap that used to be a bunch of Can West teams and occasionally like a, a Quebec team in there. What do you think is going on in Ontario that's really helping this boom where we're, we're meddling now? Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know if it's what's happening in Ontario. I think there's just a lot of underestimation out in the West. Because when we showed up to um, Laval for nationals, um, my parents were out in the crowd watching us in our quarterfinal game, our very first game, and they're sitting close to a lot of the Can West teams, and they're all like, "Oh, Ryerson, like it's no Never big deal." Like they were kind of like dissing on a lot of us. Like my parents heard some things about me. They make fun of my arm swing. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like, I know it's weird, but. Um, but yeah, um, it was kind of just like, obviously, obviously you're not going to always talk the best about other teams, but especially against OUA teams, it's not always the best talk, but, um, yeah, I just think like girls here are starting to realize that like we can keep up to the girl, the big girls out West. Like 
after U of T like broke that like imaginary barrier, streak or whatever like, it was, yeah. It opened up like a whole new look to it almost. Like I don't think a lot of people were really like, Oh yeah, like it's our time now. It just kinda it just kinda happened. Like it just kinda flew like flowed through everyone. Like I don't know, we just started to realize like we can do it, so we wanted it. Now, with you being such a high-level indoor player in club, did you have an opportunity to look at either some Canada West schools or some NCAA schools and you chose to stay home? Or maybe that's influencing the sports that all these girls who are winning 18 new club medals are staying close to home and therefore like our own province is getting better at the university where maybe before they were leaving, right? So Yeah, um, I did get approached by um, UBC coach in my 18 year, I'm pretty sure. 18 or 17. Obviously, he couldn't approach me in my 17, but like I've had talks about it um i've had some in the states but personally i'm just a homebody i like i wanted to be close to home so anywhere in ontario really like nothing super far away so that was just like a personal preference but now that um eight girls who are 18 like choosing their universities are starting to notice that oua is really pushing their way through so I think a lot of them are finally like not finally but realizing that like you can get some good competition out here like you don't have to go crazy ways to get a pro contract like mm -hmm. you can get a pretty like my sister has an A1 division in Italy right now and that's her being at Western so yeah I think there's there's lots of opportunities and like you said Top U sport players usually get opportunities with the national team and they'll get a look there. So I think more and more international teams because, yeah, your sister's over there, but it seems like more and more people have an opportunity, whether it's a top league or even just maybe starting in a smaller league. It seems like more and more players are playing professionally, which is, I think, good for our women's program who had a competitive summer. It looks like they're on the rise, right? So, yeah. Uh, one of the benefits of you staying in Ontario was you got to play in the one volleyball league, right? Yes. So, And that's kind of a nice mix of former NCAA, Canada West, OUA, like a nice mix of everybody. Uh, what have you enjoyed so far about being in that league? Oh, there's so much to enjoy there. I just like competing against some of the top girls who who either have played pro or haven't played pro but are still wanting to have that like tough competition. Um, it's so different every time. Like you get new girls on your team, like you get to experience new things. You get so many different insights from all these older girls. Like I'm definitely one of the younger girls playing in this league. So I get a lot of new information and it's just a lot of fun. Like it's just good, solid competition, which is great. Is there anyone that you never had any interaction with or you never even heard of and then you watch them play and you're like, wow, like this, this person's legit. Like, is there anyone who kind of surprised you in that league? Cause like you said, the age range is so big that their university career or college career could have been before your time. So you never got a chance to watch them play in their prime, right? Yeah. Um, I have never heard of a, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, so I'm just going to stick to the first name. I've unfortunately never heard of Nico before in my life. And she is like all the biggest talk in one volleyball, like winning the MVP almost, I think, the last two years. I'm not sure if she was in it the first year. I wasn't in it the first year, so I wasn't too aware of who was. I think she just played the last two years, but I think she was a first overall picker, right? Yeah. Definitely first round pick, yeah. So, like, just watching her play, I'm like, wow. Like, someone like her wants to play in this league, like, and I get to play against her. Like, it's it's pretty exciting, like, her being such an amazing player. 
Nice. So with you having one more year at university, that means you may be home unless you have national team duties this summer. Are you looking to play in one volleyball game? I think so. I think it's a, it's really good to keep me like involved in volleyball. Like I found after my, I didn't, again, I didn't play in the first year of one volleyball and I did nothing that whole summer. Like I didn't play any volleyball. So having it around is very useful for me. Like I'm not, I'm not getting rusty. I find I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning, like beginning of a season for universities always pretty tough if I'm not playing in the beginning so or in the summer so having that around really helps and again I get to learn new things so then I get to bring that to my university career. Yeah it's a pretty condensed schedule right so the one practice one game a week for just a certain like six or seven weeks right like it seems pretty. Yeah it's not like crazy long but it's like you still get a good amount of yeah. play. It's a really high level, but you don't have to, like, you're not lifting weights, you're not training three or four times a week. Like, it's yeah. kind of a perfect fit for an off-season program. Or people, like you said, who maybe are done their pro career but still want to compete and work their day yeah. job, like Nico, and just show up and dominate. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Well, if you ever want to come to the beach, you're more than welcome. But uh, <laughs> Ooh, I don't know if you've seen me on the beach, but I'm not that uh, mobile. Your sister had a good run, so, you know, you're, you're always welcome. Yeah, I think... I think people were um, really expecting big things from me because after seeing Kelsey play, I had so many people ask me to play as her partner, and I'm like, "Do you know? <laughs> do you know who I am? I've I've played beach when I was 12, and maybe when I was up to like 14, and then after that, I just had some like Kelsey started getting going places, and I've had these girls just message me, girls who are younger than me, but they were playing at like my age level." And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> like, I don't really know exactly what I'm doing, but I mean, it was a fun experience. My feet didn't like it. I had the biggest heat blisters on the bottom of my feet after like almost every tournament. And I was like limping home. I'm like, I'm we'll get you sand socks. You'll be fine. <laughs> Just give it a go. Give it a go. You're more than welcome to. Uh, so we've mentioned your sisters who are high level athletes, but, uh, Friends of the show or, or fans of yours would also know that your your parents are both athletic. Your father played at an extremely high level of lacrosse. And I'm just going to go out and say it. Your uncle is one of the best players of all time. <laughs> if anyone's a Toronto Rock fan, Jim Beltman is your uncle. Yes. What's it like growing up in such an athletic household? And you played lacrosse, right? Was that maybe your first competitive sport? Yeah, that for sure was my first competitive sport. Um, growing up in a competitive house was just a lot of fun. You, Me and my family were always just out in our backyard, like, doing whatever we could to, like, be competitive in, like, whatever type of game we were playing. And, um, I don't know, it really pushed us, like, especially having an older sister and a younger sister. Like, Kelsey's going to always be pushing me. I'm always going to be pushing Brittany. Like, it was always just a good time. And we all love competition, so it just made things fun and kept us active. So you ended up playing on the provincial team as an underage athlete. Um, what kind of drew you away from a high-level lacrosse player and kind of drew you into volleyball like what did you really enjoy about our sport oh man I honestly it was more like it was like a love at first sight kind of thing because I was playing I wasn't playing volleyball till like the end of or in the middle of my lacrosse career like I was first lacrosse like strict lacrosse and then I my parents saw like a free volleyball clinic and it wasn't really like, we didn't really think too much of it. We just were like, free, oh, cool. Like, 
it's something for the kids to do. Um, and there was maybe like four girls there. It wasn't like the biggest um, club out there, but like instant love for the game. Even though I didn't really know exactly what I might have been doing, but the coaches there seemed interested. I also was a very tall uh, 10 year old. But um, yeah, like I just, I played lacrosse up until grade nine, I think. And then that's when I was like, I gotta, I gotta commit to volleyball. Like I started transitioning from my lesser known club to like more known clubs. And I was like, maybe this can be something that I can pursue. So that's where I went. So did you and Kels technically start playing volleyball at the same time? Or did you kind of follow her in? Like, did you both transfer from lacrosse to volleyball around that, that year you're talking about? So she transferred around like when she was in grade nine. So I was still playing when she was done. Oh, I see. Um, but with volleyball, it was kind of around the same time. I didn't play on a team yet, but I was going to all of Kelsey's practices. And I was just like practicing with them. And there was one time they had a tournament and the coach just put me in. And I had no idea where to go, where to stand. I didn't know the rotations because I was just a practice player. I wasn't really. And I got off the bench and I started crying because I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> and I felt bad because we lost the point. And she was like, Lauren, I'm so sorry. I didn't know that you had no idea what was going on. I'm like, yeah, I really don't. But then after that, I think I was two years with her, like just with her team. And then they made an age group for my age. So then I hopped in on, over there. Look at you now. Oh, yeah. Thriving. <laughs> <laughs> Nice, good for that coach to you know connect the dots and give you a shot there. That's yeah. Nice to pull you away from another sport to, to get you to dominate ours. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it feels great. Um, so you mentioned you're in your fourth year Thanks. and you've got plans to do a fifth year. Um, are you looking forward to pursuing professional volleyball if that's an opportunity? Yes. Um, I think it's a little. I'm a little nervous about it just from like hearing like different things, but I know. Um, I've said this to so many people, like, I want to, like, I'm not going to just not do it. Like, I'm going to try. I'm going to test out the water, see how it feels. If it's not for me, then it's not for me. And then I know that I have a university degree under my belt to go back to. So, but um, I definitely want to explore my options, see what's out there, get a good feel of it, and see where it goes. So, obviously, with your OUA and U Sports resume and, and a bunch of game film, hopefully, and your sister having an agent, that should kind of at least introduce it to you. Is there anything um, that you're just uncertain of just because it's an unknown? Like, I, I guess myself included in some of our listeners, I'm not even sure how you land in the league you land in sometimes, or how do you find out that a team's interested <laughs> in you? Like, it just seems like every good professional volleyball team is overseas, and I don't understand how sometimes they just say, we're going to pick this Canadian, and they're going to be awesome for us. Yeah, yeah, I honestly, I don't really know much either. Like, hearing from Kelsey, like, I know she made a game, like, tape or film of herself, like, all hitting, all that stuff, serving, whatever. And um, she just told me, like, the only thing that she really heard about was her agent was like, this is an offer. And she was like, okay, like, do I wait for more? Like, do I want to, <laughs> like, do I wait to see if there's other things out there? And he was just like, no, you are taking this one. But it was a decent offer, so I can see why. But, like, 
I find hers was a pretty easy experience, like, because she just got a pretty good one right away. Like, like for me, who knows? Like, I can get all these different ones and not know, like, where to go. Because I know some people have had pretty crazy experiences going places and ending up not even finishing because just because the place was dangerous, like, mm -hmm. where they were going. So there's all these different things you have to think about, and I don't know any of them. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like in North American sport, it's so evaluation friendly that you play at a high level, you get identified, you might get drafted, and everybody kind of knows the pathway to it, where volleyball, here we are two volleyball people talking, and I'm not sure how you end up with a contract in Austria sometimes. It just yeah. seems like if you hire an agent who has your best interest, they'll, they'll hopefully guide you, but you're, you sometimes end up in a random city that you might not know is safe or unsafe. Yeah. I've heard horror stories that people didn't get paid by their club because maybe they weren't performing, or the club ran out of money, or just weird things like that, so... Sounds like volleyball players have to be kind of up for an adventure to kind of take a risk before you go, or hopefully know somebody who's played at that club before who can maybe give you a reference. But Yeah, like Kelsey went through um, someone who she knew to find her agent, so I feel like that gave her a bit of comfort. Um, I'm hoping that maybe I can uh, latch on to that one as well. <laughs> um, I don't know if how that works at all, but um, yeah, like I just... I think it's just an all in who you know. Like, I can't imagine if I didn't have, if I never went to like one volleyball tournaments or if I never went to like go to Team Canada tryouts and meet new people, if I was just playing and I had no one I could talk to, I would have no idea what I was doing. I'd probably just, you know, I'd be like, you know what, university is fun. I'm just going to call it quits now. Right. Yeah, sometimes you just got to take that leap. Yeah. Well, speaking of segues, with volleyball players taking leaps of faith and just hoping for the best, sometimes we get a really good story out of it. So on our show, we've had some great stories where volleyball has presented, let's just say, a unique opportunity for people to live that they, they wouldn't have got without volleyball. Sometimes volleyball is great and it just leads us into these unique situations. So um, do you have anything for our audience that we can kind of end on a, on a good ha-ha story that you've experienced thanks to volleyball? Um, I think I think of one. I definitely was taking a leap on this one, and I went to my first uh, Team Canada tryouts, and just the experience of just getting there alone with Kelsey was awful. <laughs> um, so we, like, we all had our plane tickets ready to go, like set up, ready to be there on time for check-in meeting and first practice, and as like me and Kelsey were on different flights. Um, hers was just like an hour or two after mine, but she was still going to make it in time. Um, so we were driving there, and as we were driving there, I get a call saying that my flight was canceled. And I was like, like what? Like, this is, like, I can't have my flight canceled. Like, and Kelsey started, like, getting a little nervous because she was like, well, my flight's two hours later, and I'm going to the same place, so, like, what's going to happen? So I'm trying to call and try and get another flight that same day, but everything's over, like, thousand dollars and I just you know I wasn't ready for that and they had um they did reschedule it to 7 a.m. the next day but then that means I'm missing two of the practices and like the meetup and all that stuff so I was like at this point I'm like wow man like is it even worth it like I don't know but I'm like you know what no I want to go like I'm gonna go so I was hanging out in the airport all day uh Kelsey was having trouble with her bags so that was crazy she got through she was waiting my mom picked me up to bring me home because i just decided i was going to take the 7 a.m flight like i messaged um one of the girls out there that was like 
uh, taking care of that kind of stuff. And she was like, no problem. Like, just get here as soon as you can. Um, and we get home and we get a call from Kelsey. And she's like, I got through. I was waiting for the plane. They go on the speaker and say, flight, blah, 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 blah. We are unable to find your pilot. Like, he is missing. Flight is canceled. <laughs> so Kelsey started freaking out because she was like, no, like, this is not the time. And for the both of us, I was like, I would rather, like, if we were to choose at this point who was actually going to, like, go there, I'd be like, Kelsey, like, you just need to go there. But it was just very unfortunate. And since my flight was canceled first, mine was the first one to be rescheduled at 7 a.m. And hers wasn't rescheduled until the day after mine. So she was going to be two days late. And it was just insane. So I ended up having to go. I woke up super early in the morning to go for my 7 a.m. flight. I get a call. Your flight has been rescheduled to 10 a.m., which wasn't that insane. But I was still like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, at this point, I was like, I am not going. I do not want to go anymore. Um, I was like, I'll go. I'm exhausted. I'm so tired. I get off the plane. I go to my... I didn't get the hotel, I just went to like a, we got an Airbnb, drop off my stuff, go straight to the Oval, and I'm like, I look so awkward, I don't look like I'm supposed to be there, because I don't have a shirt, I just, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a two and a half hour practice, and an hour in, I start feeling like a, a headache, and I was like, oh no. Because I am prone to very bad migraines, and I'm like, okay. Lauren, you're fine. Just push through it. You're okay. And like a half an hour later, I had to like, I was playing. The girls would send me like pipes and I would like totally miss it because I'm just like, just so almost like brain dead at this point. And I was like, guys, you know what? I really can't do this right now. So I end up leaving the court, popping a couple Advils and just start throwing. No way. <laughs> just... All the girls are just like finish pra finishing up practice and I am leaning over the therapy table with my head in a trash can and I'm like, I just showed up and these girls are probably like, wow, this girl is like out of shape or something or this girl can't be here, like she can't handle it and I'm like, at this point I was like, I just want to go home. <laughs> but, um, and then the next day the coach was like, you don't have to practice today and I'm like, this will be the third practice that I missed and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to finish it off here. I'm not expecting much. And then at the end of the week, I got the email saying, yeah, you know what? No. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. What? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> no, I had to have one of the trainers drive me home, like to my Airbnb. And I threw up in his car in a plastic bag, luckily. But we went to a grocery store because I had no food. And he was like, yeah, like just like grab what you need, like whatever. And we're in the grocery store. And I'm like, we gotta go. We gotta go. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw up. And this is all because of a migraine. Like I wasn't like, I wasn't like drinking the night before, or, like <laughs> anything. But I had to like snag a, like a ton of the bags at self checkout and just in his car on the way back, just had to let it out. It was, it was an interesting experience for me. I'm sure if we were to interview. <laughs> the women's national team indoor staff, that might be the best first impression they've ever gotten on an athlete. Oh, yeah. Like, Shows up late, throwing up everywhere. Yeah. But the worst part was his car was, like, um, standard. Yeah. And the whole car was, like, and I was, like, bumping around. Like, 
he went like obviously he knew what he was doing but like that's just the cars move a bit more so i was like oh no like <laughs> the sun was in my eyes like i couldn't see because of my migraine and my eyes were just like closed and it was a very fir very interesting first um team canada trial experience hey your worst day ever so we touched on it earlier winning a u sports gold medal has to be like a huge accomplishment but we talked about this before the show people probably think like you're going out like it's all publicized like when the washington capitals won the stanley cup like they're partying for like 10 days straight like it's just like well not even 10 days like a whole summer they're just going off like it's just this gnarly experience what was your experience like when you're you're a national champion <laughs> you're, you're enjoying it family and friends are there how did you guys spend the evening when you guys took home the trophy so that night we all decided to go to the restaurant in the hotel and throughout the whole weekend we had a um, great support team there we had a whole fan bus and that whole weekend they were just crushing beers having a good time it was st patty's weekend so they were just enjoying themselves and they were like we're gonna meet with you we're gonna delay our bus time to go home and we're gonna meet with you at this restaurant friends and family were all coming and we show up and a lot of parents were like, yeah, like we're gonna buy you shots, we're gonna buy you drinks, we're gonna we're gonna have a good time. And we're all we all look at them and we're like, No. <laughs> we're not allowed to. <laughs> and a lot of a lot I don't think a lot of parents knew that because it's just not like they probably just thought it was normal, like, oh yeah, like you're just not drinking on the road, but you won. So obviously you're, why wouldn't you? You won and you're university students. And we're like, <laughs> No, we'll be like our school will suspend us if we do that. So we're sitting there or everyone's ordering their food. The parents are taking shots of everything imaginable. All the fans that were there just drinking nonstop. I'm pretty sure even someone threw up on the bus on the way home. And we're ordering our food and I was like, one virgin Caesar, please. Cause I'm not allowed to drink. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, that's just like, that's just how it goes, right? Like, that's the rules of Ryerson. Um, but, yeah, even that same night, um, people of Ryerson know we do uh, course intentions. And all of ours were due that same night. So we all had to leave the restaurant around 10.30 to meet the deadline at 11. And all the parents in their drunken voice, where are you going? Like, what's going on? And we're like, we got to go pick our courses. Like, we got to go. And they're like, you just won a national championship. Like, what are you doing? And a lot of us picked our courses and went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> National champion at Laval that year, right? Yes. In bed by 11. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the peak right what there. What a hoot. I don't even think I finished my Virgin Caesar. <laughs> That's a credit to Dustin and the rest of the staff. Even when you guys reach the top of the mountain, it's still high performance. You gotta, Oh, yeah. And that's why you are probably in the final the year after. Exactly. <laughs> no days off. <laughs> no days off. Well, I'm glad your parents could enjoy the, the memory and really celebrate it for you and get a story out of it where... Yeah, all, like, there are some parents I was like, you, what? <laughs> are you, like, are you sure you want to drink that? And they were putting them back like no other. I was like, wow, respect. But I'm just going to respect my university over here and do what I'm told and uh, not drink. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, because if you would have told me, oh, yeah, like, we're at Laval, like, Quebec's this great place to go out, like, everybody's having a good time. No, we... Kept it pretty chill that night. Yeah, you just, you know, hung out. 
picked our courses. Met for breakfast the next day. It was pretty good. I did have a steak for dinner. So, hey. So that was pretty good. That was a, a no cap on the no cap for dinner. Oh, well, the per night. diem was big. You, oh, when yeah. you won a national championship, that meal per diem. Nice. Oh, yeah. And, but the funniest part was when girls started just ordering pitchers of Sprite because we couldn't get anything else. <laughs> like, yeah, um, pitchers of Sprite, Diet Coke, and water, thanks. And then the random girls with their Virgin Caesars just having a good time. That's great. I don't know what I was expecting, but that's that's a great story. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that one. And, and Dustin, I hope you're laughing too. That is a great story. <laughs> awesome. I think we've taken enough of your time. So best of luck this year. Good luck with your studies. I understand you're in child and youth care. So yes. big career plans there. And hopefully volleyball is your first career. But if not, it sounds like you're going to have a, a great degree and something you're definitely interested and passionate about. So Good luck this season for anyone looking to watch you play now. We'll, we'll announce it. It's not a secret that you are injured, but yes. keep an eye. Definitely when those rivals come to town, you don't want to miss U of T Ryerson, whether you're playing or not. But if you are playing, well, let's pack both gyms. I think U of T's got a nice gym. You guys have a great gym. Let's just get out and watch some great volleyball. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Awesome. Dallas, you missed a good one, buddy. All right, Lauren. Thanks. No problem.